Straight out of the heart of Texas, here come the students of conflict, helping you become a better Malifaux player and reach the top of the podium, one game at a time. Here we do interviews with top third finishers from Texas Malifaux tournaments uh, here in the Lone Star Conference of the U.S. Faux Tour with a focus on helping level up all the rest of us that aren't in the top third. We do this really by pulling lessons. We, we really try to take an in-depth look at a single game from each of our guests. We're not trying to capture their entire tournament journey here. We're just trying to pull lessons from single games for them. And uh, I'm Clay, and uh, with me today uh, is Doug. Hello, hello. Yes, I will be here. Not just today. (laughs) But yeah, so hello, I am Doug. I am also one of the students of conflict here. Future Doug here. So normally we would be joined by the Nick Westbrook as well. He had to call out on us last minute for this recording. Uh, I would also like to apologize for any inconsistencies in the audio quality. This was our first recording session to make sure that the format we had in mind worked out. So we did not have the full audio recording setup that we will have for future episodes. Today we're speaking with Jonathan, Jordan, and Andre, who took the podium at the December 10th Lone Star Conference Tournament in Houston. Uh, They ended up placing, uh, we actually got the entire podium, which is cool uh, for this episode, Uh, (laughs) placing the third, second, and then first. And so we are excited to be able to uh, to dive in and ask them some questions. Um, If I could get each of you in turn, um, the factions that you generally play, uh, and then what you played at this particular tournament, um, the round that you're going to be talking about and why, and then uh, uh, we like doing kind of an icebreaker question and so for this one what's the coolest model that you're looking forward to in madness and malifaux uh and why mm-hmm. i'm jordan woodfin uh i am just currently uh playing guild for the most part but i tend to to tilt towards specific masters not factions for example i played a lot of mccabe in 10 thunders at the beginning of third ed then i'm shifted over to maxine and now i was dashel and then nelly so i, I don't play faction i play master um i generally i mean i'm talking about round three specifically because the first round was a blowout on my side and i did it the second was a blowout on my opponents and uh so the third one was the was the closest to in fact i think we were t- pretty much tied on score until the final turn oh so, cool no, that'd be um, great to hear about uh and then for the coolest model of madison malifo that's got to be ouroboros I love my mm. spiky armadillo. <laughs> He's fast. He hits really hard. He doesn't die when you kill him. Like, I don't think there's anything not to like about that model. Awesome. No, that sounds great. Looking forward to hearing about all of that. Future Doug here again. I wanted to let you all know that we recorded the interviews for this episode the day before the most recent errata and FAQ was released. So some of the rules mentioned here may have changed slightly. And so, Jordan, you played, um, if I'm not mistaken, you played Nelly won the entire tournament, correct? I did. Okay. Which round are we talking about with you today? Round round three. Okay, cool. And who was your opponent for that round? Uh, my brother, actually, my twin brother. Um, 
we we had talked a little bit about what he was going to do before the what he planned on doing with his thing before his turn before the tournament started. So I basically knew what I was going to be running into because he was also going to one trick. Um, but that didn't necessarily mean it was going to be an easy game. Nelly, uh, guard the stash. I firmly believe is Nelly's least favorite uh, strat by a pretty large margin. I could see that. There's no you don't have to interact with it. To, uh, you don't have to interact with it. You, uh, yeah, you don't have to interact with it. You don't get any weird shenanigans like you can do with carve a path uh, or uh, carve a path or cursed objects. Like they, you just have to stand there. And Nelly is not great at that. Um, and and I'm sorry then. So were you kind of one tracking on principle, or you played a bunch of other? Uh... I, I'm gonna grandstand for a second here on the on the virtue. <laughs> I think that. I think that it's a good idea to one trick a master for a while. It if you play because if you play three tournaments and play a different master every single game, you'll have no idea what you're doing with any of them. If you play a single master for three tournaments, you will have intimate knowledge of everything you can do with them. Just about like you can always learn more things. But um, I almost always pick up because that's one of the things that's one of this one of my proclivities. Pick up a master. I don't pick up factions. I pick up masters. Because that's just what's interests me at the point. And I play them until I think I understand them. Uh, and that, I think, is a good I think is good advice for new players, specifically because you get to know them. You get to know your master, you get to know, uh, especially if you bring them to multiple tournaments or, you know, a tournament like at a con, especially at a con, because you get to play a bunch of things that you've never played into. And you get to play things into things you're weak against. Like, Nelly doesn't like Guard the Stash. I should not take Nelly into Guard the Stash. But I did, because that lets you play into a game where you're the underdog, which is important. No, that, that's cool. I, I, I appreciate that attitude, I guess, that that's just kind of cool. Because it's, so if you were, go, you know, you're, you are already familiar with Dashiell. If you were going for, you know, I'm going for the win at all costs kind of thing, would Dashiell have been the take here? Or, or did that not even cross your mind? Because you're like, I'm, I'm working on Nelly. If, I already know Dashiell, that's boring. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really think about it at the time. But yes, Dashiell absolutely would have been a better choice. Because I even if especially because I knew my brother's playing base, Dashiell absolutely would have been the better choice. Because Dashiell can just be like, oh, base, the, you've got a bunch of tanky models up front. You're two, you're two big tanky models up front. Nah, I'm just going to charge past them and kill your small stuff. And he can't ignore it because Dashiell's, Dashiell will turn around and kill them if he ignores them. He'll just run rapid through the back, back line if you leave him alone. Um, and they just he just works better with the coats. He will just stand there on a point. And his totem stops stops his friends from moving. Like, Dashiell is a dream on that strat. But okay. I was playing Nelly. <laughs> I played Nelly the previous tournament. I played Nelly this tournament. I, I liked playing a, a master for at least two or three tournaments because that gives me that, that lets me understand the the crew. Do you feel like you're going to be playing Nelly at the next tournament then? Or do you, do you feel like uh, you've got your head around her and it's time to move on to the next thing? It probably depends on whether or not the cards come back in the app. Because if, if the if the Madness cards come out mm. in the app, I might try uh, proxying Bygone because I've been excited for Bygone for a long time. Um, so if not, then probably, frankly, I don't think I've learned. I still don't think I have a firm grasp on uh, on Nelly herself. I think her crew's fine. I think I know how to use Fiona. I know how to use Allison for the most part. Uh, I'm over the last two tournaments. I've really figured out how powerful they are with the Peacekeeper and the Guild Mages. I think that they are 
probably some of the most powerful things with uh, with her specifically. Uh, obviously, the PK is probably better with Hoffman, but more than anyone else except for Hoffman, I think that the PK is really good with Nelly. Oh, what makes it so good with Nelly? Nelly, if she's close to you, can make you interact and tell you what to do, and you still technically count as an enemy, so you can drop C markers <laughs> that the PK will use for trail oh, of court. Okay, that's awesome. And Nelly loves to cycle and draw cards. So unlike Hoffman, who gems a bunch of power tokens for pluses, she just has a fantastic hand that the PK can use. So the PK gets, instead of slumming it with Hoffman and his no card draw, <laughs> so the PK actually gets to know what, ha- what it looks like to have a unnaturally uh, jacked hand. Sounds way OP. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's, it's fine. It's not stone music. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, as far as going into the round, I, I knew what Trey was, I knew what my brother was going to be bringing for the most part. And I, but I didn't know, and I, I suspected he was going to bring base two because Nelly's big thing is conditions. She loves handing out a bunch of conditions and he's got that, uh, whatever that ability calls where he moves markers over you and removes conditions and he can just remove a bunch of stunned or whatever. Order in the Badlands. Uh, order the Badlands. That's it. Um, and so that's one of that's why I brought the guild steward because of the he's a significant model that runs around removing conditions. It's pretty much all he does and hands out and fo- and hands out focus and healing. Um, so how much would you say that foreknowledge of what your brother was playing played into how you were g- going to build your crew? Specifically, I didn't have to think about it a lot because I knew he was going to play. But if he but if I saw a base and I thought they know what they were doing, I would have bought brought probably what I brought um, because it's I just had I had the crew has the stuff I needed like I needed the condition removal because a slow stunned staggered PK doesn't do anything but that does lead to the interesting uh, quite, uh, fact that when, when you're going into a local tournament mm-hmm. it's okay to use your foreknowledge of the, hey, I see these guys out of the game store every week. I know what they like to play. I know uh, that they're going to be playing these sorts of things. I know that if I bait Andre in this specific way, he's going to you know respond in that specific way. So I can you know use that bit there. Yes. Foreknowledge can often feel like cheating, but it's not. You just just use what you can to win the game. But also you want to make sure you don't fall into the trap of always assuming everyone's going to play it that way. Yes. You know what you know what one person will play. You do not know what how everyone will play. Yeah. And and just kinda on that, it's you know, I'm thinking about from Trey's perspective. You know, if he was you know, all that he knows is he's facing guild, he is not expecting Nelly in this pool. <laughs> no, he is absolutely not. <laughs> Well, he knew that I was playing Nelly specifically in this case, but if in other ways, other in a, in another matchup, he might probably wouldn't expect Gil, Nelly, yeah. but yeah, he did so in this it, case. It does kind of play both ways on the local thing. Like he he definitely had some knowledge that oh, yeah. you were playing Nelly. He he knew what I was bringing. He knew basically what I was bringing as well. So cool. The uh, schemes that you ended up taking. What was what what did you end up taking on this? And and what were the schemes available? Was guard the stash on flank. With breakthrough, vendetta, leave your mark, spread them out, and secret meetup. Uh, I ended up taking um, was that? I took uh, vendetta on the guild mage into pearl. Um, I felt like the guild mage would play back enough where I could keep him 
decently safe, uh, but close enough to still be able to reach out with the ancient words. And Pearl has an easily, as long as if I can get a moderate off on Pearl with a focused attack, it's an easy first point. I don't often take Vendetta thinking I'm going to get my second point. Vendetta is often an easy, I'm going to get that first point, I'm just going to get that done and move on with my game. If I can kill that model, fantastic, but I don't know how the rest of the game is going to go. If I'm winning, I'll probably kill it. If I'm not, then I probably then I might not. But the first point is often something you can set up. Yeah. Because you're like, all right, I'm just going to keep that one good card in hand, and I'm going to have that model have a focus. I'm going to beat him down a little bit. Thwap. All right, cool. One point. That also helps if 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 you kind of go in with that attitude. It doesn't hurt so bad if you end up killing it. You know, you read Joker damage, and you're like. Uh, do I want to go ahead and kill it? Yes, you know, because I don't really care about the second point. Well, and that's another that's another important thing to note about Vendetta specifically is it's a good idea not to pick models that you really, really want dead. Mm-hmm. If it's an important model that they that you, if you have the opportunity, you will kill it right now. You don't want to pick that for in Vendetta because you want it dead. It needs to die. It's also important to note for you know beginner players that. Vendetta scores in the middle of the turn. It scores when it, it happens, not at the end of the turn. Because there's been many times I've been playing with a new player, like, oh, and I got this uh, there. It's like, oh, you declare it middle of the turn. Yeah, kind of a read the card yep. thing. But that is actually tremendously interesting as the the number of times that I have taken Vendetta with a, hey, this guy's got to die anyway, so I might as well take Vendetta on him. And that you're saying, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> No, so many times I've took Vendetta on something that I really wanted to kill, but the model that I had Vendetta on that model had already gone that turn, or I just flip bad, and I just have to leave him alive, because I just can't kill. I can't yeah, get the point this turn. No, that is fantastic advice. I really just that little tip. I I personally really appreciate. So thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, my other scheme is leave your mark, Nelly. At the end of the day can just kind of leave melee, walk up, put down a scheme marker, and if she's controlling the center of the board, you yeah. can't scheme either. So, it, leave your mark is not a hard one to get. I didn't end up scoring it with Nelly, but it it is an easy enough one if Nelly has to use her entire turn to do it, she can still get that point. Yeah, is leave your mark, is that one that you should just never also take against a Nelly crew? It seems like seems like that would just be murder to take against Nelly. Often, <laughs> yes, though it depends on what you th- if you think that they might bring something like the undercover reporter or field reporters because they're the ones that can pick up scheme markers really okay. easily. If you if they don't, you can take it, but move away from the marker. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, she will walk up to you and tell you to interact to pick it's it just, up. It's just one of those that whenever I see that in the pool, I'm just like, oh, God, if I'm up against Nelly, it's – yeah. Yeah, it is It is very risky to do. I would not necessarily – I would not recommend <laughs> okay. it. Okay, good, good put there. So your overall game plan on this one, was it just kind of uh, – do yeah what what could could you talk me through your overall game plan and and did it work out even close to that way um my overall game plan was to uh just kind of ball up and then try to get the first point and then if i can if i could kill the stuff around that first point then i could spread out after that cuz i was guessing between the sandworm and pearl and Reichart and base they were all going to dive on my crew which isn't necessarily the best, frankly, the best call against Delhi, but that's generally what those four do. Pearl has to stay kind of near, and everyone else and the 
Mason Reichardt wanted to get as many people engaged as possible and keep you there so the rest of the crew is safe. Because Frontier is squishy. Uh, except for those two models. So I was just like, alright, so I'm just going to run at one point and get as many significant models around it uh, and just hold that for turn... That was my... Through, up through turn two. I had hoped... It didn't turn out this way. I had hoped that between Fiona, the PK, and you know some of the whatever other damage I could get out, that I could either drop base or uh, Reichhardt by the end of turn two. Because if you just have the good the good enough cards and enough damage, you can kill them. They are mortal. My deck and my opponent's deck conspired to make the PK, despite my card manipulation, not hit a single attack turn uh, turn one or two. Ooh. I got four attacks turn mm. one and three attacks turn two, and he missed all of them. Um, oh my goodness! I don't think I think Fiona didn't hit uh, either on in, on either of those turns either. Like my the first, I was frankly checked out after about about after turn two. I was like, all right, if this if turn three keeps going, the cards keep going this way. I'm just he can have the win. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop playing. <laughs> it's time time to go to the pub, right? <laughs> but I went to turn three. It's, it's uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, but. Uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep flipping cards, see what happens, I'll get what points I can. And then by turn three, it started to turn around. Um, but frankly, he sh- probably should have had the game, and this is probably doesn't to play into Nelly. He attacked the models I wanted him to attack. He sent all of his damage right at Fiona. Fiona is the tankiest model in that crew, besides maybe the PK, which is the other person he attacked. He spent the first three mm. turns wailing on them. And between the healing from the guild mage and the uh, steward, they just didn't die. Because with our, with high with either high defense or hard to wound and decent armor, they're just tanky enough to take it. But yeah, I will say that he took vendetta on the guild mage, and it I think over the course of the game took five severe shots from from frontiers and frontiersmen uh, pathfinders to the face and lived through the whole game. Wow. Oof. Wow. Because Nelly discards a lot of cards, which means that there's a lot of healing coming out of that guild mage. Oh, man, mm. I hate guild mages. <laughs> well, frankly, like, a lot of his damage didn't go at the guild mage for the first three turns. He just, like, Reichhardt was attacking, that base was attacking, the models I wanted him to attack, so the guild mage could just keep on cycling up hit points um, mm. on them and himself throughout the whole game. I think that he needed either to not attack the guild mage at all, or focus it harder than he did. Yeah, if you see a guild mage with Nelly, either kill it or leave them alone. No in between. It's all in or nothing on those. Yes, that's no, cool. So, um, most interesting piece of the game, and, and especially for for newer players who would be facing Nelly maybe for the first time, or just for you, what was what was the coolest part of the game? Hmm, the coolest part of the game. I mean, the amount of. I mean, I was almost embarrassed with how much damage that guild mage took and stayed up. But beyond that. I think the thing that surprised me when I thought of it and my opponent and Trey of it was he put he was doing, he was running spread them out and he had run out with Pearl and put down a ski marker. Nelly has a bonus action that takes one of her allies and pushes them six inches towards a uh, marker. The PK went from stuck in melee with base to in base contact with Pearl in one bonus action. <laughs> And that now Pearl now Pearl managed to live through that because base ran over there and stun locked him, but. That was uh, I. I did not until I thought of it. I did not expect the state, the board state, change that quickly. But yeah, I think that that was probably the most surprising thing that happened during the game. And then I guess just how much 
punishment the front line for Nelly can take if supported with healing. I will say that I Nelly herself did a surprisingly little during the game. I'm not sure how I misplayed it, but I just didn't feel like Nelly herself did a whole lot. She brought everyone together. She's a unifier. She did. She <laughs> she drew me cards, which helped after turn three, and uh, and handed out a bit of stunned, which is good. But beyond that, some games I that's one of the reasons I want to keep playing Nelly. Some games she is absolutely dominating the entire crew. She's running around, dealing damage, handing out slow, distracted, stunned. You don't get to play this game right now. And sometimes he's just she's just kind of like. I'm going to disengage and interact to heal and walk over here and I'm done. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that's, that was not a, that was not a particularly good activation, but here we are, I guess. Well, it sounds like sometimes she plays as very much the, Hey, she's the one getting work done. Sometimes she plays as the support master mm-hmm. and it's a lot. It's hard to find a master that plays both support and the one getting shit done. They tend to be either or. Mm-hmm. And, and often I do, for t- one of the reasons I really like Nelly is that she can have a very, very cheap turn. If all she does is mm. interact, is uh, interact, do her bonus, uh, do her uh, slow news day to do the, if you gain distracted, gain stunned, and cycle some cards, and then interact to leave, to, to kind of run over her own ski marker to hand out distracted and stunned, if that, that requires a four and a six, and that's it. And then she can make like one attack, and if it hits, if, if it hits great. If it doesn't, Whatever you just handed out a bunch of models distracted and stunned, and you're just there now. It, it used yeah, used almost no cards. It cycled cards like it's just she's just yeah. It's, it's a very cheap turn that's very effective. Well, and then you're there in the midst of them, ready to say, "Hey, you feel like interacting today?" Yeah, that's that is why Nelly. It didn't come up in this game because it was good, but Carve a Path Nelly on Carve a Path is absolutely disgusting because she will coat her and Allison Dade, and they will run and and just sit on your markers. And you can't interact and move them. And you can't move them because they have coats. Yep. Which is uh, so, so in guard, how did she, uh, you know, obviously you won the game, but how'd she end up working in guard? What did you do to kind of overcome her challenges into, into guard the stash? Frankly, I just brute forced in significant models until there were more of them on there. I just walked a double walk the guild mage up into range, walk the steward into range, walk Dade into range. It was this very, I just have enough people standing on this marker. <laughs> it's mine now. Go away. And it was, it was, I didn't move anyone. I, I, I think at one point I tried to charge someone away, but they hadn't activated yet. So they just ran back in. It was a very much just, I just have enough significant yeah. bodies for this turn on this marker. And I didn't score turn three because I, I just had all my people stuck in this piece of terrain on a marker. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to score this turn. That's fine. I'll try to score next turn. And by then I had I had control enough of the flow of the battle to start dragging him off of his points to start to score other things or just killing them off of the other points that I could start to score. Because I think neither of us, I think I ended up scoring three points of it, but only because he made a mistake. And that was it. Otherwise, it was going to be a tie. But like I said, like I said, it's very, very much not her scheme. Like she can't really move you very well. She's got one movement trick. That's it. I think uh, Dade has a pull, but she's sitting on a marker. She doesn't want to bring you to her. <laughs> uh, so she's very much not a fan of this. But you know, coats help, and she could just walk on it and hope to just sit there long enough to kill you and get you off the marker. It's very brute. It's very brute force, which is very much not Nelly's thing. 
I, I think Jordan brings up a really good point. Like it feels really bad to double walk one of your models, but if you're if that's what you need to do to get the point, then, then sometimes you got to do that. Like you, I mean, that, that, like, and often even if it's a big model, sometimes I, like I've with I've had activations with Dashel, I didn't make a single attack. All I, I just needed to watch, walk, charge, charge three times. Like I just needed to get to the point. And that's one yeah. point. Did Dashel with his min three and a bunch of attacks and stat seven? Did I just walk to make that happen? Absolutely, I did because it scored me a point. Points it, is points. And points is points. The there is no waste of activation if it gives you a point. Is there is inefficient activation? Maybe, but sure. if it scores you a point. And especially if it doesn't flip cards, it is definitely worth the activation. <laughs> if you could just disengage and then walk to the point at the end of the turn, just do it. So, yeah, no, great advice there for sure. So, fantastic. So, it sounded like Guild Mage was maybe your MVP model, or or was it just Nelly, even though some of her activations didn't feel that yes. powerful? It was, it was the mix of, really, it was the mix of Nelly... Allison Dade and the Guild Mage, because Nelly discards cards on her activation and, and cycles them. So if you have to throw a king to heal someone or a, a face card, it doesn't feel so bad because you get the card back. It may not be as good, but you still get it back. And Dade, ha Allison Dade has knew you're going to do that. So anytime you want to do a trigger near her, she can chuck a card if she feels like it, make the, make that turn off. And not only does your trigger not work, heals. she it, she heals for the Guild Mage. So. That's Whoa. so yeah. It blocking loss with the guild mage could be good, but like it's it's a lot of incidental healing, which is enough to keep people alive. Random thought I just had. Mm -hmm. Allison Dade sounds pretty damn good into Damien too. She has to discard a card for every trigger that she wants to stop. Okay. Counter spell. Oh, and, and, so and there's no drawback up from that there. No, and you can't drop. <laughs> so now, does oh, it yeah. still give you some healing? Sure, if there's a guild mage around and alive, because Damien hasn't somehow eaten its face. But then, sure, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's not like it's not a bad plan because stopping blasts is good. Is it terribly efficient? <laughs> also, no. <laughs> yeah, really, the issue is that the Damien player, and it's like any kind of fight or lineup of either you've played in any game right like always kill the cleric and so the first <laughs> thing that needs to die is the guild mage um and so damien's very capable of doing that and he only really needs to declare triggers once to make that whole attack routine land where it's like okay cool i've hit one time i hit severe injury twice i'll drop my card since you haven't taken damage yet uh you know take five you have injury two you have two now i'm gonna eat you you were delicious thank you and so because uh, at that point, you don't even have to declare triggers. Like, once the guild mage is down and off the table, like, the healing turns off, and the damage sticks. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's yeah. Never mind, I, I guess that's better. not a good idea. Yeah, no, Did I... you just try to counterplay Damien? Yeah. Well, no, no, trust no, me. So I, that, we, that is the... Th that's kind of the general thought of a lot of the things here. It's like, okay, how... What kind of counter does... Like, the... I forget that Allison Dade has that... Knew you were going to do that. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh... Someone who who loves triggers, well, and we were talking about earlier there. So that was kind of the counterplay I was going for there against someone else, other um crews that love triggers. I could definitely see her being uh super handy and annoying. Yes, that is I th I think is one of the most forgotten abilities about people playing into Nelly 
is that just that extra thing. Often you're just stunned anyway, but a lot of people will come in and it's like, haha, okay, I've got this built-in trigger for this ability. It's basically what it does. And then I'm going to do it, and then it's like, no, 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 no. No, I'm going to drop a card. You, you, that didn't happen. And he's like, uh, oh, oh, no. Uh, it happened last tournament, and so I was playing into a Kirai who was like, all right, I'm going to hand you adversary with the trigger to make another bonus. No, you're not. I'm. You have adversary now. Okay. Akirio doesn't come back That's on the table. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a very strong model. Doesn't do a whole lot of damage, but that's not her point. She she hands out slow, hands out shielded, and discards cards to make you do, not do triggers. The strongest thing Allison Day does is combo with Nelly One for Slow's News Day because when you gain distracted, you gain stunned, and her built-in trigger on one more question is, is gain distracted. So one AP, she will hand you slow, stunned, <laughs> and distracted. Oh. Uh, so you have one decision to make, and it's bad. And if you... <laughs> yeah, you're at negs for your one action, which can be your bonus action if you feel like it. But, no. but don't worry, you don't have to worry about your triggers. Oh, and don't worry, you don't want to interact around them, so that's not even an option. Yep. <laughs> that's about the only thing that's worth right. doing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, no, assisting, assisting is good, but if you, like... Heck yeah. Advice to playing in Nelly: bring condition removal or somebody who's immune to distracted. There's like three of them. I'm just going to slam a thing. There's nothing there to slam. <laughs> I'm just going to slam my face against the table. Oh. No, but seriously, that that does bring up the good point, though. Yeah, advice to to, to people playing against you. Uh, and, and especially for like facing Nelly the first time. Against, like, against Nelly. If at all possible, and she has a specific ability that makes this more difficult, okay. do not try to just fisticuffs Fiona Gage. She, If she's near a marker, she has defense 6 and plus flips to everything. She is so tanky. Especially if Allison Day gives her some shielded, and she's got an ability where if a friendly journalist is within two of her, if you can target them, you can't target... If you can target Fiona, you can't target them. So... She Nelly will love if you if you dive her ball. <laughs> Nelly will love you. That she's just if you just okay. I'm gonna stun distract all of you. You can only attack Fiona. Spread out. Nelly does. Nelly loves fighting in a little ball. If you can spread out, she's the least damaging ball crew I can think of. But she will just make your turn not matter. Uh. However, if you're placing her in guard the in a uh, carve a path, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's gonna be a pain. It's just going to be a pain in the butt. Actually, spread out for that, too. Do not let her... Because she will uh, try to run at you and move your markers next to each other. Because then she will just stand on there and the rest of her crew can do whatever they want. Yeah, is, um, is that, like, honestly, go for the teams? Like, almost, you know, figuring maybe you can get one, you know, on the strat and just make sure you pick, you know, put all your AP into schemes? If you can, yeah, if you can, like, spread out, spread out your two markers... And, like, brute force one, like, put almost all of your stuff on one and something small on the other, because she will probably only bring two models, usually, that start through that, and that's Allison Dade and herself. And if Allison Dade is just sitting over there on one of your markers and not doing anything else except for kind of faffing about with one of your lower-cost models, then that's good for you, because Allison loves, also loves being in her crew. Um, but... Because often she just will let you have that one point because she doesn't want to have something important over there sitting over there. Or if they do, that's fine. There's something important sitting over there on your marker, and you might be able to just push the other marker through brute force wise. Or they're going. She's going to take that and 
turn that thing that, hey, I'm running my marker up the side and that's nowhere near you. Oh, that's nice. You're an undercover reporter now. That can also be a thing. I, I have mixed feelings on the undercover, undercover reporter, but it I is not a bad models. model. I hate those models so much. For reference, Undercover Reporter has, I think, the ability is called Undercover, where at the start of any turn, it can replace, uh, it can basically unbury itself next to a minion and send your minion back to your deployment zone. Um, yeah. And it just kind of pops out wherever you don't want it and sends, hopefully for it, something slow back to your deployment zone, and you just spend all this time unpacking, and now it's back there. Yeah. I would also say that like if you have if like you're caught in the wild with like a mundane sort of crew and you're having to play in Denelli on uh Carpet Path, that the best thing you can do, generally speaking, is try to bring enough damage to call her bluff. Because if Nelly's like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna stand on the strategy marker and you have to fight me. Like, well, if you're gonna stand real still, I'm gonna try and take advantage of that. because um, she does have she does have plenty of healing options, but if you, you know, body the guild mage and try and dump as much damage as you can in in one turn after she's gone, you might. Eventually, she's going to be like, okay, squeal away. Yes, eventually yeah. she'll leave. <laughs> if you can just hit her enough. Or she won't, and she'll just die. But, you know, that's the Nelly's, that's the Nelly's choice. Um, yes. But keep in mind, Nelly can just, doesn't mind an activation of just sitting there on your point inter- interacting. So just interact, slow news day, hand you all distracted and stun, interact again, and heal four. Like, that took, like, a couple of low cards and that was her whole activation and she's still on your marker yeah you really have to kill her on the engage if she gets the opportunity to control you it's so hard to come back from that yes unless you had something like uh, restore natural (laughs) law or something like that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well let's be honest Jamie is just a counter to literally everything trust me we've spent quality time thinking and trying to think of Damien counters and there's just there's like things you can do that make it hurt less and that's about all you can do um but no I would yeah I would say definitely when fighting Nelly don't ball spread out they if she'll hand uh, if you're spread out not near her the worst she can do to you is hand you slow maybe tickle you with uh twist or not twist or ideals uh no it's twist or ideals um it's like she can do a little bit of damage don't also, don't pile a bunch of markers on her or on yourself because she has an action that does a number of damage equal to the number of markers within three of you. Mm. So if you just pile a bunch of, for example, ice pillars on you, she will go, oh, there's five ice pillars around you. And then like, oh, I didn't deal damage until now. I was going to say, I've heard that's a thing with pianos, too. <laughs> I've definitely no, I'm looking at you, Hoffman. No. Pianos as well. <laughs> ice pillars, pianos. <laughs> pylons well i mean you don't have to put all that many pylons he like she doesn't have any marker removal in and of herself yeah jonathan you don't have to put seven pylons <laughs> on the table the that was actually the first time You're i've done it it was awesome to do that <laughs> so all right how about how yeah. about for top tier players what advice would you give yourself or uh what did what did you learn out of this what do you what wish you'd learn? done out of this yeah in this particular game what i wish i had done flip better cards uh no um honestly what I would have said, but what my, my the biggest thing I think my opponent didn't do into me is kill the guild steward. He 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 could summon models. Now the guild steward will punish you for killing it. It has a four six eight demise ability. Like it hurts. But if you could, if you have something that you're willing to give up, kill it. Especially if you're playing in something that pans out conditions. Uh, that model needs to die. And don't attack big things. If they have this big tanky thing sitting in front of you. Don't just walk up to it. That's exactly <laughs> what they want. 
If you can, if you can get at the backline, kill them. The backline is almost always easier to kill and more important. That makes good sense. So cool. All right. So, well, thank you all for sticking with us. That uh, we got any parting thoughts from uh, any of our guests here? No, we got nothing but quietness because we are done. So we'll edit it. <laughs> <laughs> we have covered everything. We have exhaustively learned everything there is to learn about Malifaux, and we're done. Yep. We never need the final that. podcast of all time. Is this one? You know, no other. Yeah, podcast. exactly. It is the be all end all yep. of Malifaux podcast. We only did it yes. about, the, the about two Malifaux. hours. So. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that bad. I always have to sign off saying that I will continue to be in the Kemostan until I'm dead. Long may the God Empress reign, but. It's uh yeah. It's about Long live the queen, though, man. Long live the queen. I respect it. I respect it, Tanya. Uh, fealty will feel where fealty so cool. is due, bro. I'll go. write about it in my newspaper. <laughs> All right, I guys, appreciate it. It was really fun. Thanks Thank so, much. so much. Yep, appreciate y'all. Thanks for setting this up. Goodbye, everybody. Students of Conflict is brought to you by Top Dog Design. Check out topdogdesign.com for all of your Malifaux terrain needs. Top Dog Design, 3D printable designs to enhance your tabletop. Students of Conflict is not an official product of Weird Miniatures LLC. All intellectual property belonging to Weird Miniatures is used with permission. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of entities they represent. Any content provided by our guests and or hosts are their opinion and not intended to malign any group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Woo! Slow play the podcast. Call the TO over. Now recording. Okay. <laughs>